Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Saturday of the 26th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who manifest your almighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy, bestow, we pray, your grace abundantly upon us, and make those hastening to attain your promises heirs to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. This was the answer Job gave to the Lord. I know that you are all powerful. What you conceive, you can perform. I am the man who obscured your designs with my empty-headed words. I have been holding forth on matters I cannot understand, on marvels beyond me and my knowledge. I knew you then only by hearsay, but now, having seen you with my own eyes, I retract all I have said and in dust and ashes I repent. The Lord blessed Job's new fortune even more than his first one. He came to own 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 she-donkeys. He had seven sons and three daughters. His first daughter he called Turtledove, the second Cassia, and the third Mascara. Throughout the land there were no women as beautiful as the daughters of Job and their father gave them inheritance rights like their brothers. After his trials, Job lived on until he was a hundred and forty years old, and saw his children and his children's children up until the fourth generation. Then Job died, an old man and full of days. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Lord, let your face shine on me. Lord, let your face Shine on me. Teach me discernment and knowledge, for I trust in your commands. It was good for me to be afflicted, to learn your statutes. Lord, let your face shine on me. Lord, I know that your decrees are right, that you afflicted me justly. By your decree, it endures to this day, for all things serve you. Lord, let your face shine on me. I am your servant, give me knowledge, then I shall know your will. The unfolding of your word gives light and teaches the simple. Lord, let your face shine on me.
Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The 72 came back rejoicing. Lord, they said, even the devils submit to us when we use your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yes, I have given you power to tread underfoot serpents and scorpions and the whole strength of the enemy. Nothing shall ever hurt you. Yet do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. It was then that, filled with joy by the Holy Spirit, he said, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to mere children. Yes, Father, for that is what it pleased you to do. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to his disciples, he spoke to them in private. Happy the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see and never saw it. To hear what you hear and never heard it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we're into our last little instalment from the book of Job. Um, And you can see the turnaround that's happened now. Um, Job has this moment of repentance where he turns back from all of the accusations which he made against God about being unjust. Um, And what's interesting is that in God speaking to Job, at no point does he actually give a concrete answer as to why Job has suffered. At no point does God go, look, Job, I realize it was pretty awful for you, but here's what stands behind it. There was none of that. Instead, what God did was invite Job to humility, to see the difference between him and God, that Job's not the creator. Job's not the one who holds all of existence in being. And so in this incredible experience of the tempest, of the storm, when Job encounters God so powerfully, God just asks him a whole bunch of questions. Just rapid fire, bang, 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 bang. And he goes through some of these major points of creation. It's like, okay, where are you at dawn? Do you, do you spread the light across the universe? Um, where are you at dusk when it goes away? Tell me, Job, have you seen the highest heights? Have you been down to the absolute depths of the abyss? Do you know where the edges are? No? I see. Right. Yep. No, I get it. Let me read you some of these questions because, you know, it draws us into this right attitude of humility as well. He goes, have you ever visited the place where the snow is kept or seen where the hail is stored up, which I keep for times of stress, for days of battle and war? Fair point. I don't think I've seen that either. Um, From which direction does the lightning fork when it scatters sparks over the earth? Who carves a channel for the downpour and hacks away for the rolling thunder? 
God then goes from talking about the weather to talking about the stars. He says, can you fasten the harness of the Pleiades or untie Orion's bands? Can you guide the morning star season by season and show the bear and its cubs which way to go? Have you grasped the celestial laws? Oh, no, Job, no? Oh, okay, no, that, that's fine. But you just keep complaining. Now, some of these questions actually get a little bit sort of humorous because I don't know that I've ever really thought about these things either. But God says to Job, he says, do you know how mountain goats give birth? Or have you ever watched the hinds in labour? How many months do they carry their young? At what time do they give birth? You know what? Fair enough. Um, I haven't thought about how mountain goats give birth, um, but God has. There isn't a single mountain goat on the face of the earth that God hasn't brought to birth. God pounds Job with these questions for two chapters. And then finally, he says, is Shaddai's opponent willing to give in? You know, Shaddai being God, of course. Has God's critic thought up an answer? And then Job replies, and we heard this at the end of yesterday's first reading, right? My words have been frivolous. What can I reply? I'd better lay my finger on my lips. I've spoken once. I will not speak again. More than once. I will add nothing. There you go. Job's been brought to silence. Because, you know, it turns out he's not God. God spends another chapter peppering Job with some more questions. Um, And then finally, Job says this to God. I know that you are all powerful. What you conceive, you can perform. I am the man who obscured your designs with my empty-headed words. I've been holding forth on matters I cannot understand, on marvels beyond me and my knowledge. I knew you then only by hearsay. But now, having seen you with my own eyes, I retract all I have said. And in dust and ashes, I repent. Okay, here I think is the real turning point for Job. I think there are a couple of things that have happened in him. Firstly, okay, he's, he's come with this renewed humility. Having acknowledged who God is, that, that God is the Almighty, that he rules over all of creation and that he orders all of creation, that like he actually is a part of God's plan and that God's plan is so far beyond his capacity to comprehend that, you know what, he's probably just got to, got to lean into it a little bit and say, well, look, Lord, you're God and I'm not. But I think the real turning point is this moment when, when Job says, I knew you then only by hearsay, but now having seen you with my own eyes, I retract all I have said, and in dust and ashes I repent. Right? Having encountered God in this tempest, having been, you know, pummeled with these questions, Job has learnt something about who God is in a personal way, in an encounter. He says, before I only knew you by hearsay, And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, when we go back to the very beginning of the book of Job, God looks at Job and says, he's righteous. You know, this is a good bloke. This is someone who's, you know, following my laws and in someone in whom I'm pleased. And yet 
At this point, Job kind of stops and acknowledges, actually, I really only knew you by by hearsay. But now I know you face to face. Having encountered God, his attitude toward his own suffering has now completely shifted. Now, obviously, he's not enjoying his suffering. Surely he's not. And he's also not really grasped God's plan yet. You know, God hasn't sort of laid it out before him and said, look, Job, this is why everything makes sense. None of that. But having had that encounter with God, what is born in Job is a renewed trust. Lord, I can't see it. But I know that you're God. That I am in your care. That you keep an eye on every little detail of creation means that your eye is always upon me. And all right, I'd prefer things to be comfortable. I'd prefer things to be easy. But, God, you don't owe me anything, and yet you bless me abundantly. You know what? I think that becomes such an important spiritual lesson for us. That, you know, okay, fine. Our own struggles, right, we don't enjoy them. But perhaps in the pattern of God's providence, he hasn't forgotten us. Perhaps in the midst of our sufferings, he's still with us. He sees us. He knows. And he can draw our sufferings into his plan. Now, what's interesting is at the end of the reading, we hear about the great blessings which God bestows upon Job after his period of sufferings, right? He gets three daughters. He gets, you know, his sheep and camels and yoke of oxen in abundance and, you know, loads of donkeys. Uh, And all of this in excess of what he'd lost in the first place. But let's be clear here. These things are given to Job not as a reward for his sufferings, This is also part of God's inscrutable will. Just as Job couldn't point to his sufferings as having been something that he merited, now also he has to acknowledge that the great blessings that God has bestowed upon him are not things that he's merited either. It's part of God's plan. And his plan is so much bigger than what I can conceive. You know what, God, I don't know how goats give birth, but I do know that you love me, and I do know that I can trust you. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever.
Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.